Yo, what's up, fam? Shout out to Pac. Bone Thugs. Probably haven't heard this song in a minute. I don't know why I picked this song, guys. I'm not. I'm really not trying to glamorize guns and violence in this uh, episode. But today we have a very special episode, a bonus episode. Season two is going to obviously be a bi-weekly show with our lovely new co-host, Gilda, who, by the way, is just killing it. She's doing such a great job and um, so glad she's on the team, on the squad. And we got some fun episodes lined up for you guys, some great ones coming soon. But today it is just I, more in the uh, fashion of season one, interview um, interview style. And uh, this is our first guest for 2021. And man, this is a great conversation. I'm so glad that uh, our new friend Tom was able to come through and talk about guns from a progressive standpoint and um, really just have a great conversation about demystifying guns and um, safety, education, um, yes, for for empowerment, for for knowledge and self-confidence for fo- so folks can protect themselves and defend themselves um, should they ever find themselves in a situation where they need to. So we have a, like I said, a great talk about this. Hope you guys enjoy it. Follow LA Progressive Shooters on Instagram if you're interested in taking a class, a gun safety class. You don't have to have any prior knowledge or experience with guns to come to the class. So check it out. Um, once again, guys, season two is cracking. We got some good stuff lined up for you guys. So make sure you guys subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever wherever you like to get your uh, podcast and leave us a review. And um, if you feel like supporting, you can do so on our anchor page. And thanks for coming along on this ride with us, guys. Um, once again, so grateful for all of you, all of our new listeners and our faithful ones. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode today with Tom from LA Progressive Shooters. Enjoy. back welcome to another episode of the still searching podcast it is uh your host josh trujillo back for uh, another episode of season two so this is going to actually be a bonus episode more of in the vein of uh interview style like how we did in season one and i want to introduce a very special guest today uh let me pull up the bio just a second uh we have a very special guest from la progressive shooters tom Gwynn. Uh, so Tom Wynn is a liberal gun club certified instructor, NRA, NRA certified instructor and range safety officer and national African American gun association member. He offers private and group lessons at various locations throughout Los Angeles and Orange County as a refugee who fled war. Tom understands that guns can be triggering and have traumatic associations for many BIPOC community communities. He had overcome his immigrants' parents' fear of guns to fulfill his childhood dreams of owning and shooting firearms. After witnessing a gun homicide in his 20s, he started taking his shooting and training seriously, from handguns to rifles to shotguns. Upon seeing scores of new gun owners who would have never considered firearms before the pandemic and civil unrest, he founded L.A. Progressive Shooters in 2020 as a non-intimidating and inclusive community. 
focus on safety and education for BIPOC and liberal liberals new to firearms. So welcome, Tom. Thank you, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I, 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 uh, we kind of chopped it up just a little bit before we started, but uh, we're strangers. We're meeting sort of yeah. for the first time. I actually ran into you last week at uh, Oak Tree Gun Club. At Oak Tree. And I was like, hey, Tom, what's up? And I, we had kind of been shooting uh, DMs uh, for, for a little while, but right. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming, coming in. Uh, I'm so glad that I found at the LA Progressive page. Honestly, I was trying to pinpoint where I found you guys, and I couldn't figure it out. I think I, I might have followed Enclave first. Okay, that's also me. That's also you. Right. And then I think I saw a post promoting LA Progressive shooters. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like like I said, man, thanks. It's a pleasure. This is a uh, uh, such a hot topic. Um, I'm new. I'm a new gun owner like official, you know, legal gun owner. And uh, I identify as a progressive. And there always seems to be, uh, I don't know, what's the, what's the word, like, a, like a, a rub, like, oh, you can't be a progressive and be pro-Second Amendment. Or you can't be pro-Second Amendment and identify as a progressive. Right. It's just, it's always one or the other extreme. Right. They're just you know, the very simplistic stereotypes and, you know, as a liberal progressive who enjoys guns, I always felt like it was this dirty secret mm. around my liberal community. Yeah. Like, there's no way I can mention guns. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, people who know who I am, I'm the most peaceful, non-confrontational person. Yeah. But as soon as I, if I mention, I feel like if I mention, and I also enjoy guns, all of a sudden folks' perception is, oh, you have some kind of violent hidden secret you have some kind of fixation on guns. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? It's almost like this oxymoron. Right. So it's always a subject that I felt like, okay, I have to, like, keep it away from uh, my liberal friends that I like guns. Right. But then when I'm around gun spaces, most of those folks are conservatives. So, again, I also have to hide the fact around those folks that I'm a liberal progressive. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's almost like I have to hide from both uh, polarizing ends of these two communities that are so at each other's necks all the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I sort of feel like I'm in that space a little bit. Right. It's like, yeah, I enjoy shooting. And, uh, like, what what bugs me is, like, when I go to one of these ranges or these gun clubs— and they automatically assume, like, you know, hey, sign this peti petition to recall right. Newsom. Recall Newsom, right. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, I don't have a problem with Newsom right. or whatever. And, you know, you just it just opens up weird conversations. But so I want to get to know you. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, your story. I love that in your bio, you said that you fled uh, a war-torn country. You're an immigrant. Uh, you Your parents are came from, uh, or you actually were born in Vietnam. That's correct. My whole family and I, we fled here in 1975 as the as Saigon was uh, falling to communist uh, north. Yeah. So I, as a five-year-old, I still remember those images of war, of life, you know, death, wow. fleeing for our lives. We fled probably two days before Saigon fell. So those are indelible images in my memory wow. of that. Yeah. Is that, uh, well, are those some of the main reasons why you were drawn to, to like protecting yourself with firearms? No, it was or, more as a, as a five-year-old, you see those images oh, of war. Yeah. And you actually- Traumatic. Actually, for me as a five-year-old, it's not traumatic. It was more of a curiosity. Wow. So it was more as I'm growing up and we were sponsored by my uncle who's an Air Force uh, officer. So we were always driving by the base and I would always like stare in amazement at all the big aircraft. Yeah. I would draw pictures of military aircraft. I was pretty much consumed with anything warlike as a kid. Wow. But that doesn't mean I wasn't a violent kid. I was always a skinny immigrant kid. I was getting bullied. Yeah. But my escape was, oh my gosh, I love watching war movies. I made my little brothers play war with me in the backyard. <laughs> we were too poor as immigrants to have toys, right? Yeah. So Sticks. I would make guns out of tree branches and force yeah. my brothers to go play war with me. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, you watch Rambo movies and, you know, American pop culture, right? Right. You watch all the war movies, and as a kid, I was like, I can't wait to get a gun. I would draw pictures of guns, you know? And, yeah. Hey, little ones. <laughs> Sorry, we got in. No worries. So, you know, as an immigrant family, you know, we fled the war. There was no way guns were going to be a topic in my family. 
But as a kid, I worshiped guns. Yeah. I wanted to have one when I grew up. And it wasn't because I, I wanted to empower myself. I was just more like a childlike you were fascinated. I was with fascinated the, with them. And and it does seem like war seems to be glamorized too. It is right? totally glamorized. Yeah. The violence and you know, all the war movies, right? Right. Very jingoistic, nationalistic. Yeah. Right. They want to drum up that kind of patriotic you're doing your duty. Right. Whereas progressives, you know, we don't feel that way. Right. We kind of at all costs, want to avoid right. those those conflicts, right? And we feel for the, out, yeah, we feel yeah. for the veterans who have to go fight these wars on behalf of the nation state, right? And they right. come back, and and our country doesn't take care of the veterans. They're homeless. They have PTSD. We're talking about mental health issues, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They're just basically disposable. And so, as an adult, I don't glamorize war, warfare. Violence, weapons of war. I don't. I don't glamorize any of that anymore. The way I, I the way I innocently did as a kid. As a kid, yeah. Man, that's something because I feel even for myself. I mean, we all like for my experience. We grew up like you know same same sort of background. Like you know Rambo, right? Right. The badass dude who's like you know in Vietnam or right. or just like fighting the you know all these crazy enemies that we that we have. But even as a kid, like oh, cops and robbers and war and like cap guns like you know yeah we i think for for me like we grew up like that bb guns my dad got me a bb gun oh, when yeah. i was a kid i had so. one too yeah yeah. High yeah. School. yeah yeah like a little red rider or something mm -hmm. like you know you'll shoot your eye out kid the right. kid from uh, christmas story and um yeah so you know it, it is sort of ingrained in us but i didn't buy my first gun until last year i'm 38 so right. I I have I gone to the range a few times throughout the years with some friends and I always thought it was fun. It was cool, mm -hmm. but I just never I never really thought about owning guns, you know, m uh, uh more to that, you know, just for fun. It wasn't until, you know, obviously I have kids, so I have four kids. So it wasn't until I started having a family that I started mm -hmm. to think about safety. Yeah. Smart. He's smart. <laughs> he opened the door all by himself. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Uh, I was watching one of your videos too. You had, I don't know, who's, was that your dog who kept licking you guys while you were filming a video? Yes. So that's <laughs> one of my, you know, uh, friends from the LA music community. And he was actually one of my first students. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't intend to become an instructor. I didn't intend to create this community, LA Progressive Shooters. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just, the timing and how everything happened, it kind of just kind of happened by accident, I almost want to say. And I was just, you know, this need came up, and uh, I mean, you want to want me to start from actually where the seeds were planted, right? Yeah, let's jump, let's do uh, it. It it was because of a breakup that happened last year. Wow! So my partner, I, and I saw after the five story. Years, I saw the story. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, after five years, it was time amicably to you know decide. Hey, we should split up. Our paths are diverging, and you know, my partner Vanna. Her dream was to go live by herself in an RV and just be a nomadic, you know, that van yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. She'd been studying it for years. I'm like, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Right? Like giving her her freedom and space to just pursue go that. Go for it. That's your dream. It's not my dream. I support you. Yeah. In that amicable breakup, though, I still really cared about her. And, you know, as a young black woman, you know, who's been physically assaulted twice by police, mm. and she's from back east where, you know, she's uh, lost friends to gun suicide. Wow. To her, looking at a gun, that is like this evil object. Right. It's instantly traumatic. It's scary. Right? Yeah. But in that moment where she's ready to go on the road, I told her, listen, I still care about you. I would, if you are open to letting me try, right, to teach you, I haven't touched a gun in over a dozen years as of last year. Wow. But because I care about you, I'm willing to pick one up again from what I know so that I can empower you. I would rather you know how to be safe around one. I would rather you, if you can, if you feel confident enough to like change your mind after we've been together through this learning process, if you decide to own one, like I'd rather you have one on the road and, and never need it. Yes. Than to need it. And not have it. And not have it. And that was, that was my kind of, my offering to her, you know? Wow. And, it, and, and you know, I never pressured her. I offered it to her, but I never pressured her. And you own guns already. I had owned guns in, and we can get to the backstory if you want later, but I had plenty of guns in my 20s. I thought I had gotten out of my system in my 20s mm. and actually sold them in my 30s to go back to school, right? Help pay for <laughs> tuition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought I had, I was done with guns <clears throat> and it wasn't, and I, but I always kept one yeah. just in case, right? <laughs> right. And, and I never told her I had one because I knew how she felt in our relationship. Five years. I knew that if I had, you know, revealed, hey, you know what, Vanna, I've well, always so kept this gun. You kind of kept that a secret from I her. I kept it a secret from her yeah. because that's the stigma, right? Yeah. That's the stigma of being a gun owner in progressive circles. So even with my partner, I had to hide it, right? Because I knew that she would not be down if she found out that, oh my gosh, my partner has a gun. Yeah. In, right? So that's how it started. And it really took um, baby steps. Yeah. Right? Well, you did a lot in that short amount of, I mean, you got certified by various organizations. It's, you know what? It's the- Well, so when so you actually just started just with her, just let me- Yeah, it started with her. Uh, last year before the pandemic happened, around October, I started getting her used to just, hey, hey, babe, here's a rubber gun. Mm-hmm. Not even real. This is how you hold it. Got mm. her comfortable with that until she was ready to hold an actual firearm that's unloaded. Mm-hmm. Babe, there's no ammo, right? Let me teach you the parts. Yeah. This is the grip. You know, the, the, you know, this is the slide. You know, it's empty, but if you saw one, this is how to make it safe and verify that it's unloaded. Yes. So baby steps. It really took about maybe two months, a good two months, before she let me take her to a range. Mm. Okay, so we're talking January. She finally was feeling comfortable enough because the more I found, the more I, I taught her about what a gun is, she began to see it less of this evil kind of tool, right? Or, I mean, this evil thing. Yeah that had caused so much uh, suffering to her friends from gun suicide and what police use to brutalize our communities of color yeah. to, oh, what it's just a tool. And it's your intention yes. of the person behind the tool. Yes, She started to differentiate now. And once I got her to shoot the gun, she was like, this is actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I find this with a lot of my uh, students who are just so scared of guns before, but because of the times we're in, they're willing to be open with it. Yeah. And they're surprised how enjoyable it is after the first lesson. Right. And so to see this transformation of it someone It becomes enjoyable when you understand When it. you understand it. Yeah. And I don't glamorize it. I just right. say this is, the, it's a tool. Yes. It's a tool. And if you're safe, you don't know how to be safe. You don't know how to be responsible, right? And you're going to learn how to be confident in, in handling one. And yeah, it's fun to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fun to, you know, it's like any kind of activity that challenges you and you want to do better at it. Yes. Right, and she actually enjoyed it. And so once I got her started, I'm ki- I'm not kidding you, Josh. In one week, one week, once I she was hooked. She was hooked. We went to five different firing ranges in one week. <laughs> I wanted to show her every different firing range in yeah. L.A. Orange County. Yeah, and she was she just took off and and ran with it. And the proudest moment of of my life was her taking a picture with a pistol on her hip in front of the her RV van, she just the bought. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, right? Yeah. And what she said, that I get it now. This is a tool for me as a young woman to empower myself. Yes. To empower myself. I'm not afraid to defend myself if I have to on the road. Yeah. And that just, it just really like inspired me to want to help others. And you know what, Josh? When I went through this uh, journey with Vanna, I was, I was, I have a big following on Clay Valet. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to post these videos of me teaching her. Yeah. But because I was, I was, you know, what are people going to think of me all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. But one day I thought, you know what? This is important. I shouldn't, I'm not ashamed that I empowered my part, my former partner. I think people should know. Right. So one day on Enclave Valet, I post an Instagram s- story of us shooting. No caption, right? Just shooting. Just shooting. And I was waiting to see the reaction. Right. If there was, was their response? Pushback, if there were people going to go, you know, what the heck are you doing? I'm unfollowing you. <laughs> I was prepared for the torrent of just anti-gun. Yeah. Like, you're, I'm not following you anymore. Right. Well, You surpri- lost me. Yeah, you lost me at having a gun. The surprising thing is the first person who reached out to me in regards to that video was Tomer, uh, a person I knew from one of my favorite LA bands, mm. Ethio Cali. The most gentle, humble, he's a great drummer. Yeah. Humblest, quietest guy. The last person I would ever expect to have any interest in picking up a gun. He wanted to learn. Or he wanted, yeah, wanted he messed more. Me. He goes, Tom, you shoot guns? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Whoa, back up. This huge su- surprise reveal. Yes, like huge su- surprise. And then he goes, you know what? Plot twist. Yeah, plot twist. <laughs> uh, you know, 
my partner and I, we bought a new house. I want to make sure I can defend her uh, with the pandemic. And the, I just feel like I need to be secure. I bought a gun. I don't know how to use it. Wow. I never shot it. Can you teach me? And he became my first student. I wasn't even an instructor yet. That was that was the seed that yeah. was planted too. Man, yeah. this is something that is definitely needed. Yeah. Wow. And that's how it started. And the more people found out in our in not you know that I cover LA's music, dance, and multicultural communities and mm -hmm. communities of color. That's right? what Enclave is. LA that's is what about. Enclave LA is about. You know, because uh, we're, we're, you know, as BIPOC folks, we're still very invisible in that narrative, even for LA, this global city, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, you know, it was Tomer. And then after that, someone else saw Tomer with me shooting online. What? You guys shoot guns? Yeah. And the next person wanted to learn. And, and the next person after that. And, and then I said, you know what? This is great. I love, I hate shooting alone. It feels so much better when you have yeah, buddies and right. folks that you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. Wow, I don't have to shoot with a bunch of other conservative folks <laughs> and kind of, you know, keep my mouth shut. Right. Right? I can be myself. Yeah. And it was so refreshing. And so I joined, I tried to seek out other folks like that online. Um, and so I, I found out about this Asian gun group. I thought, this sounds cool. They're POC. Yeah. And they shoot guns. I joined up. And right from the get-go, you know, conservative right-wing Asian folks. Oh, you know they they glamorize the uh, yeah, yeah the Korean rooftop gunners, <clears throat> right? From the LA riots. From the LA riots, and they go heroes. They're heroes, yeah. and uh, you know, it goes deeper than that. It's more nuanced than that for me. It was you know they want to make it out to be you know the Korean community against the black community. Yeah, right, and uh, you know. Uh, I, and there was a lot of anti-blackness and just, you know, it was just too insular for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Asian, but I don't, that's my, not my only thing that defines me. You know, I have friends from all different communities and I don't identify as just Asian gun owner and definitely not right-wing conservative Asian yeah, gun owner. Exactly. And after a few comments, I just knew that this was not a welcoming space for me. And I'm like, F you guys, I'm, I'm out, out of here. And when I quit, this Asian uh, woman who was in the group, she messaged me privately. She goes, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only progressive Asian in the group. Wow. I had to so keep my mouth she, shut. Yeah, she was just taking the abuse in yes, a way. exactly. She was hiding in that group. She didn't yeah. know where else to go. But she wanted to be a part of this other community. Right. She was just, yeah. she was just felt refreshing that, oh my God, there's, I'm not the only progressive Asian who likes guns. Yeah. And she, messed, she reached out to me and that's when, the, that's when I thought, yeah, you know what? We don't need them. Let's create our own group. Mm -hmm. So in June, I created a Facebook group called LA Progressive Shooters. And that's what ever since we've tried to do is we try to be an inclusive group, non-intimidating, non-judgmental. We want to make it a safe space for folks who otherwise feel unwelcome Yeah. in traditional gun spaces. You know, these traditional gun spaces are what? What are they? Male-dominated? Absolutely white male, white domi male dominated, domination. Conservative, right wing. They glamorize guns in war, right? Um, they're homophobic. They're transphobic. Yeah. Very sexist, misogynistic. They objectify women. Oh, yes. Right? How many gun pages I've seen with just women and wearing barely nothing shooting yeah. guns? Yeah. Right? Jiggling everywhere, right. shooting a, a, a fully automatic. <laughs> yeah. Very juvenile, male juvenile, yeah. that attitude. Right. And I thought for anyone who doesn't feel welcome, I want this to be a safe space, no matter what, okay? And that's how it started. You know, if you've ever felt welcome, unwelcome, I don't care what your background is. We are, we strive to be a safe space for everyone. Yeah. That doesn't feel that it doesn't feel welcome in the traditional gun spaces. Yeah. Man, that's, that's so good. You know, I, I love that you brought this up that this is my stance on it. And here's the ironic thing, right? Like I said, mentioned earlier, it's like, I, I, identify as a Christian. Right. And ironically, it's the Christian, American Christian who dominate the, the gun yes. scene, which is so ant antithetical to the teachings of Christ, right. which is nonviolence. Right. And uh, he actually rebuked his follower to, mm -hmm. hey, put your weapon away. Right. And so for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with attention. Like, yeah, you know, I actually do really enjoy guns and learning about them and teaching my kids how to use them because I don't want them to be a victim. Right. I want, I want them to understand how to use this tool 
And I love that you said it's a tool. I was having this conversation with uh, my daughter's boyfriend. And I was like, man, people have been murdering people. We were talking about guns. I'm like, people have been killing people since the beginning of time. Right. Pe- people will always find a way to do violence. Right. Um, you know, and just advancements in technology. And here we are with this other tool. Um, but, you know, for me, I want to empower the same way you wanted to empower uh, your your former partner. I want to feel empowered. I want like my daughter to feel safe. Here's the funny thing. When you took your partner out and she really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. when I took my daughter out, to, to she hates it. Mm. But she understands that I want her to learn how to use it. Right. So she she goes and she's open to it for the fact of understanding this skill. Yes. And, you know, ho- uh, developing this skill to where if I ever need it, I would know what to do. Yes. She doesn't enjoy it. I'm like, man, this is fun, right? She's like, no, I hate this. Like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand. Because she's a bleeding heart liberal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My my little girl, like she made that that uh, that piece for me, the American flag. Oh, yeah. The Donald Trump, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so, she's very passionate, I can tell. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's where she's at. But for me, like I said, I don't want my kids to be a victim or my family. Right. I don't want the ability, their ability to protect themselves taken away from them or having to rely on a third party police, right? right? Well, they usually come when something's already done. Can we talk a little bit about like the politics, right? Of, yeah. of gun ownership and, and, and the stigma with it. And also too, is how much it's harder for guys like us, the gun laws, how it actually hurts regular folks. Absolutely. I'll give you a perfect example. So once I start uh, educating students, right, folks who previously are, you know, very anti-gun and more gun control. Yeah. And so now that they understand that this is a tool, I want them to start being more critical about gun control and whether it actually really helps them as a law-abiding citizen. And I'll give you a perfect example. The language is so... It's made up. Yeah. Right? There's no such thing as an assault rifle, for instance. Right, right, right. Okay. That's a huge thing. Yeah. They want to ban, a, you know, or semi-automatic, or even semi-automatic, or they sure. assault rifle, that's a made up. A semi-automatic is literally every gun. Yeah, every gun is semi-automatic. Right. And, you know, we have a handgun roster of approved handguns. And so there are these older models. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, smaller statured students, uh, a lot of women, older folks with limited hand strength, right. it is hard to rack, rack the, the slide, slide on a semi-automatic pistol, yeah. right? It takes a lot of strength yeah. that some folks don't have. Well, they actually make newer pistols, like the easy model, right? Specifically focused on those folks so that they can rack the slide easier. We can't get those safer, more efficient models that's more inclusive for people, right? Mm-hmm. In California. Because why? Because we voted for gun control to say, no, no more handguns, period. Even if they're safer for us and they're better for us, especially for, like I said, marginalized folks, less able-bodied folks. We can't get those guns in California. How does that benefit us who want to defend ourselves, right? Yeah. So I want folks to be more critical and it's more nuanced. It's not so black and white. It's totally more nuanced. Yeah. It's definitely not black and white. Right, because listen, Gun control, it hurts law-abiding citizens' ability yes. to defend ourselves. Yes. No matter what laws you pass, the criminals don't follow those laws. And the black market doesn't care about those laws. Absolutely. They can access those guns anytime they want. Any, I, I, I can get a Glock right now, mm-hmm. unserialized Glock, Yeah. for like 500 bucks. Yeah. On the black market. Yep, on the black market. And here's the other thing that people are starting to realize, anti-gun and progressives and liberals, because of the pandemic and, and civil unrest, they finally realize that when it comes down to it, you're a father, right? Mm-hmm. You have children. When it comes down to it, in that life and death situation, if, if somebody was threatening you and your family, right? Say two o'clock in the morning, yeah. the police aren't there to save your no. life. They no. are there to respond after the fact after of what the happened. Fact. Absolutely. Your, your defense of your life and your loved ones ultimately rest on you. Yes. Right? There's a, there's a saying, when seconds matter, the police are only minutes away. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you to defend yourself. And it's a human right. 
it's your human right to defend yourself in your own home, isn't it? Absolutely. And nobody should impede that ability. Yes. Right? I tell students, you know what? If someone wants to come break in and steal my, they want to steal my car, they want to steal my property, have at it. I don't care. Property can be replaced and human lives are more valuable. But if someone comes and wants to take away the one thing that can't be replaced, my life or my loved one's life, well, I'm not a violent person. I'm not a confrontational person. I would do everything I can to de-escalate. Please don't come any closer. I've called the police. Please leave right now. Yeah. Don't make me shoot you. I don't want to do this. Yes. But if you back me into a corner and you leave me no choice and you're threatening my life, of well course. then what choice did I have? Right. I I I I I don't want to do it, but if I'm forced to defend myself, I will. And that's that's just natural human right. For years I had this reoccurring dream. Uh my front window a reoccurring dream for years that I would look out my window and I would see people trying to come mm. in f- heavily armed. Right. And I don't have anything to defend myself. Right. I'm looking for something. I Maybe I find a bat. Mm-hmm. But if there's like three or four, and, and, and I had this dream almost every single year. Wow. And it was bugging me to the point where like I had, I, it happened again last year. Mm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to the, to the gun store today. Right. And I bought my first um, handgun. Yeah, um, that's that's that. Like, I, I, and I feel the same way. I I hope I never ever have to use it. Absolutely. Like, not not. I don't even want to be in a situation where I would even have to pull it out. Yeah, absolutely. Let alone use it. Yeah. But right, there's always that. But I want to be capable of defending myself. Yeah. And that's it. That's it's like plain and simple. Um, and then, and then, like you said earlier, like, as you start to get into that community, then you start to enjoy like all the other little things. Like I told you before, like, I absolutely love trap shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like my favorite thing. I'm going on Wednesday. Okay. And, uh, uh, it, that's like the most enjoyable thing for me. By the way, I did it for the first time that day. You did? Yeah. At, uh, Oak Tree? At, no, at, uh, Angeles where I train every Sunday. Okay. Just today, the, uh, my head instructor who certified me. We train on Sundays after the beginner's class. We train as staff. Yeah. Right? He brought out a trap uh, machine and we were doing it with shotgun. It was yeah. fun. It was challenging. It is challenging. Yeah. It is. It is so. And the, I guess the reason why I love this so much is because um, I was pretty good at it. I grew up playing duck hunt. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, yeah. all the 80s kids, you know, that was our favorite game. But my very first time holding a 24-inch, you know, uh, shotgun for that, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's bird shot, so it's not as heavy. I, I yeah. have shot a uh, uh, buckshot 12 gauge shotgun before, mm-hmm. a long time ago, and you know, that gives a lot of kick, real kick, yeah, some serious kick. But on the bird shot, it's it's you know, it's minimal, yeah, it's bird shot, yeah, yeah. But man, it was, I hit like my first five targets out of 25. You're better than me, <laughs> I kept missing the day, it was getting so frustrating, but I could see the enjoyment. It's yeah. a challenge, it's, it's a fun challenge, it, it, it's it's a it's very challenging. It's hand eye coordination, it's timing, right. it's it's anticipation, it's Everything. You, you, you hit it on the head, see? And this is what I tell my students, you know? I get a lot of, uh, you know, the male students who come in and they try to over-muscle it. They think they've been conditioned to think shooting guns is this very masculine, testosterone-filled right. warrior mentality. 50 cal machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> and I tell students, I said, you know what? The way I teach students, and I tell them, I said, shooting a firearm is actually more like yoga yeah. and, and meditation. It's mind-body awareness mm. and hand-eye coordination it's knowing yourself. It's it's not being tense and, yeah. and you know aggressive. No, it's being it's Contr- being in control. in control. Yes, right. You're breathing, right, and just breathing through the shot. Yeah, there's I, just I all these little things. All that these you have little to think nuances, about. right? Yeah, I, I watch all your videos and I I heard you say this a lot: is pull slow, right? Or you're pulling the trigger slowly, and you know just just things like that. Yeah, like it goes against the. This notion of aggressiveness. Exactly. And yeah, male dominated testosterone just unloading, you know, rounds of. (laughs) And guess what? If um, I get equal, you know, I'm pretty proud to say like it's been pretty even 50 50 gender wise with with the students that found me. And I tell the male students, hey, gender wise, you know who does better as first time shooters? Women. (laughs) Women do. (laughs) Because they're not trying to overdo it, over muscle it. It's finesse. Yes. You know? It's technique. It's finesse. It doesn't yeah. take a whole lot of strength. I'm look at me. I'm I'm a skinny dude. Yeah. 
You know, you don't need big muscles. You know, right. it's technique. It's knowing yourself. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, I find it really enjoyable because you, you really get to know like everything you're doing. And when, it, when you're in the zone, everything feels right. You could just start putting yeah. holes and holes. I've gotten first time beginners, never touched a gun. Nine millimeter, Josh. Wow. That's and by nine, the end of the nine, one hour- Nine millimeter has kick. It has kick, but I methodically, I bring them, I have them shoot 22 so, first. Yeah. So there's no recoil to, right. you know, less intimidating. Yeah. I just want them to focus on the fundamentals. Yeah. And when, and when they show me, when they can show me, they can shoot consistently with 22, right? Because ammo prices these days, if you're not yeah. able to shoot with 22, why am I going to let you shoot nine? I'm not going to let you touch nine. Right? You're wasting more expensive ammo. Yeah. But once they can show me that, I put a, I put a nine millimeter in their hands- and I say, I ask them this, hey, listen, as far as the fundamentals are concerned, is there any difference between shooting a 22 and a nine millimeter? No. No, absolutely not. It's the same. And I have students for their first time shooting a nine, holes and holes. Wow. If they can truly internalize what I'm teaching them. Yeah. Because it really is about technique. Absolutely. Okay. And, and really demystifying it and making sure they're comfortable. Yeah. Um, I really, I really make sure, you know, it's, it's being a psychologist. It's not just showing someone physically how to fire a gun. Mm -hmm. The physical part of firing a gun is easy, right? Yeah. It's like any kind of physical thing that you learn, like working out, sports, there's a technique behind it. Mm -hmm. But the other part of the equation, the most challenging thing for students is their mentality. What are they thinking? Yes. Right? I have to get in their head. And, and the first thing I got to ask them is their background, right? I have one of my favorite uh, students was a good friend of mine. He grew up, he's, he's a Cambodian American. He grew up in, you know, the Cambodian immigrant community in Long Beach. It was rough mm. in the 90s there. Yeah. A lot of violence. He remembers when he was a kid, his home got invaded, home invasion by the gang. Wow. And they dragged his mom out the door. No. And if it wasn't for his father grabbing a revolver and mm -hmm. firing at them and scaring them off, we did, he doesn't know what would have happened. But even though that was a good thing that the mm. father, his father defended the family, yeah. that whole violent episode, it turned him off on guns. Yeah. He didn't want Naturally. to be around guns. Yeah. It wasn't until the pandemic, you know, I formed the community. We had our very first meetup in August, right? June was when I started. August, we had our first group community meetup. He says, Tom, can I come? Yeah, sure, come. He showed up. And I gave him the pointers, right? On the way home, this was in Azusa. He drove up to the mountains to be with us. On the way home, back to Long Beach, mm -hmm. he was, he enjoyed it so much, he stopped at a gun store and bought his first gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing he was even able to get a gun on the, you know. Well, I didn't say he was able to get well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, just even but to he buy put his, one. Yeah, he put, put the it, deposit down on his, right. he you felt go that the, confident. The 10 day. Yeah, he felt yeah. that confident. Yeah. Because what I did was I demystified it for him. Yeah. Right? I have to demystify it for students. When I teach students, I, we're not. I'm teaching you marksmanship. I'm teaching you technique. What a gun is, the parts. I want you to be safe around it. Yes. Right. I'm not teaching you how to shoot someone. Absolutely not. If you look at other instructors, what do they do on, on their lesson for beginners? They have a human silhouette target. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't do that. I have bullseyes. Yeah. I want to get as far away from the connotation of I'm not shooting. Humans. I'm not teaching you how to shoot at humans. I'm not teaching you how to take a, a a living being's life. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here just to demystify what it is as a tool and have you learn how to be safe, right? And how to be confident in in operating one and making it safe. That's just step number one. Absolutely, gun safety is the the biggest thing, right? I mean, it's like paramount when you are a gun owner. I mean, absolutely. That's there's nothing above that. Um, the very first thing that I did when I got my gun, uh, some people might think this is crazy, but I sat my kids down. You know, obviously it's unloaded, right? Mm -hmm. I let them hold it, and I first thing I did was I taught them how to grip the gun, right? Yeah. To never put your finger on the trigger. Well, the main thing is, is I want them to feel it in their hands, feel the weight of this right. tool. This is not a toy. Right. And you, I'm glad that you're not making it this taboo thing out of their reach where they'll want to do it anyway, regardless of your permission. 
Yeah. I'm glad that you're you're allowing them the opportunity to yeah to learn about it. Absolutely. And but the thing is, when I, I what my intention was doing that is letting them know, like this is not a toy. Yeah. You can kill somebody with this. So that's why you would never point it at your brother, mm-hmm. your sister. You would never play with it. This is a tool that actually can cause serious harm and and or death to somebody. And so we're like, oh, wow. You know, and then the reaction sometimes is like, oh, you, you want to put it down and get scared. Or what I'm trying to cultivate in my kids is is that respect for this tool of like, yes, okay, I understand this. This is this is what it is. And I want to know, I want to feel uh, I don't know, safe or confident in my ability in, in knowing what that is. So I am teaching my daughter, my son, who you saw out there, he's going to be next. Okay. How old are they? So my daughter's 17. Okay. She'll be 18 this year. Yeah. My son will be 16 this year as well. Good. They're, they're lucky to have a father like you. Yeah. I wish I had a father like you. Cause let me tell you, um, going back to my childhood, right? Mm. Back to my fixation with guns. I didn't, it was taboo in my family. But when I was your children's age, about uh, 16, 17, I noticed my dad kept a little gun in his bedroom. Mm. As much as I didn't like guns. You, know, you never knew about it. He, right. I yeah. found out he kept a little one. So me being this scrawny kid that was always getting bullied, well, guess what I did? You went to get it. I went to get it, and I would take it to with me to school. Wow. In high school. I thought it would make me you know, be a badass. Yeah. You know, teenage bravado. I thought the kids would respect me more if I had a gun. Yeah. And one night when my parents weren't home, I, did, I invited all the buddies over. Hey, guys, come check out my dad's gun. Gather around me. I went to rack the slide. Boom. And it, it went off. I didn't even pull the trigger. Wow. To this day, I don't know how I didn't shoot my buddy standing right in front of the gun. It was wow. mir- miraculous, right? My life would have taken a different course. And Josh, it didn't end there. After that near miss, <laughs> uh, now I'm in college, age 20. And as you you read from my bio, that's when I witnessed a gang shooting in a restaurant. Mm. So to see a human being's life taken with a gun was was very traumatic. It's not like in Hollywood, right? It's just to see this happen in real life is just one of the most traumatic things you can you can ever witness. Okay. Yeah. And then the following year, age twenty one, I got kicked out of college. So for my strict immigrant father, who you know sacrificed so much to see his oldest son go to college, yeah. what, how do you think he felt? How do you, how do you think that made him feel? Devastated. Yeah, Devastated. And, and you know, he kicked me out of the house. Hey, get out of my house. Yeah. You're worthless now. Yeah. Right? You're nothing to me. So here I'm 21 thinking, oh, shoot. Well, I, don't know. I guess my future, I'm done. There's no future. But what I could do at age 21 was buy my first handgun. Mm. So age 21, I bought my first handgun with the intention of committing suicide. Wow. Yeah. And recently, yeah. Uh, when I first started instructor, I didn't, I didn't talk about this background. But uh, it was, I think it was Mental Health Day, and there's this other blogger, uh, Tactical Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really awesome because she is a leftist. Yeah. And she has a big following on her YouTube channel. And it's great to see a woman leftist gun owner. She's, and she had made a post about mental health saying, we should talk as, as a gun community, yeah. we should talk about mental health. Because, hey, facts are uh, the majority of suicides are by gun. Yeah. And the majority of gun deaths are by suicide. So we should talk about it. We shouldn't stigmatize it. We should be open about it. That's one of the that's one of the questions that really that didn't bother me, but it made right. me like think like man, because you know when you're doing your safety right quiz before you able to buy a gun is that's one of the things. Do you realize that the chances of suicide have now increased? Yeah, right? absolutely. So because of her post on that day, as an instructor, I felt you know what I'm responsible for also being a part of this conversation because I've been there. Right, I have. Yeah. I've had those thoughts. Wow. So, so now I make it a an opening part of my lesson. I tell them, yes. hey, after I've asked them their background, I said, let me tell you about my background. Wow. Boom, boom, so boom. Important. I almost shot my friend in high school. Yeah. Uh, I witnessed a gun homicide, and I wanted to kill myself with a gun. <sighs> wow. So I tell my students from the very get go, all the bad connotations you associate with guns, I've done it, I've seen it, I've contemplated those thoughts. So that's why as an instructor today, I am so passionate when you come to me to learn, I don't want you to go through what I did. Mm. I didn't have a good support system or a healthy relationship with guns. I didn't have someone telling me right from wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't want that for you. As an instructor, I want to empower you as much as I can, give you all the information you need. 
And as an aspiring instructor, do I think everyone should own a gun? I don't. Because like you said, Josh, the moment you buy a gun and you bring it home, if you're not diligent about safety, yeah. being responsible, both with yourself and your loved ones, right? You have to train, get to know your gun, right? Practice with it. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to commit all that, right? You just, you're just so scared of uh, the unrest. You buy a gun, but you're also scared of the guns. You just throw it in the bedroom yeah. door. What's, if you're yeah, going to be that person, don't do it. Don't do it. Because yeah. what you've just done is just introduced another liability into your household. And chances are, you're more likely when you finally reach for it, right? When you need it. To have an accident. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have a higher uh, chance of hurting yourself or someone you care about versus using it for home defense. I'm, yeah. I'm real about that. Yeah. Right? And, and so I tell folks, it's, it's, it's not a casual decision. It's not yeah, a casual decision. No. It's a heavy responsibility. Let and alone I, the financial investments. That <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Just the, on that side, right? It becomes like, you know. They're not cheap, they're folks. They're not cheap. It's not a, it's not a cheap habit. It's sure. definitely can, not we, cheap. We can talk about that for another hour, right? Yeah. Ammunition but, is through the roof. Yeah. Essentially, at the end of the day, I tell them, you know, I'm going to give you all the information. At the end of my lesson, if you decide, you know what? Guns aren't for me. Great. You know, I'm a non-judgmental instructor. I'm not this instructor that's like, you know, hoorah, yeah, everybody get a gun. Yeah, I'm not that instructor. No, I give it real. I give it real to folks. And so I'm going to give it to you straight. You make the best decision for yourself, right? Whichever yeah. way you decide, guns or no guns, I'm here to support you right? yeah. in making that best decision for yourself. Okay. So good. So good. So important. I was going to send you a video today. I, I didn't though, but there's a video of a guy in a gun shop. Mm -hmm. Shooting his friend on accident. I don't know if you saw that. We, yep, it was started making, it started going viral today in the gun community. Yeah, in the middle of a gun store. In the in the middle of a gun in store. In the middle of the gun store. Guy pulls out a gun. Yeah, shoots his friend right next to him. Right in his yeah. Yeah, incredible. I I saw something from a guy that I follow. He's actually really ultra too conservative. I don't even want yeah. to mention it, but he did post something that uh, it, it was it was really important. As far as gun safety goes, he says this, you make these agreements with yourself. Agreement one, I, state your name, will never point a gun at anyone or anything that I am not willing to shoot, kill, or destroy. Agreement two, I will not train with, befriend, or be around people who will not live by agreement one. Agreement three, I will maintain proficiency. Uh, I will pertain profi proficiency is basic bleeding control and life-saving pr practices. Not for my mistakes, but because I know others do not live as I do. Um, so yeah, it just, like I said, if anything, safety is paramount. Paramount. I mean, top you have to priority. have zero tolerance for unsafe behavior. Zero tolerance. And 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 you know the numbers. Gun ownership has skyrocketed. Yeah, it's last, unprecedented since unprecedented. last year. Even yeah. I mean, during the pandemic. For those that don't know, it's nearly impossible to go to the gun store and get, you know, to buy a gun. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in stock. Right. It's, it's, it's so, and you're right. You know what really bugged me when I was in line to, at Turner's to get my first gun? It was all these red hats. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody say this, Tom. I'm not even lying. I'm not even exaggerating. If those rioters come to my or in my neighborhood, I wouldn't hesitate to shoot them. Yeah, these are the people in line with me, and and I felt like, oh my god, this is it's real. This is real. Like people yeah. are are either afraid or other reasons, right? And right. you know, predominantly it was you know uh, white people or whatever. But there's definitely this, you know, and 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 I'm that's why I'm so grateful for people like you to sort of like, Hey, it's not always, it's not right. And versus left, you know, it's not, we need to, this, these are, these are the conversations we need to be having. Absolutely. And you know what, you bring up a good point and I want to bring it up too, because not a lot of people know tomorrow's Martin Luther King day. Yes. People, do you, did you know this, Josh? Martin Luther King was an avid gun owner. Did you know yes, this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This has been whitewashed from the narrative of the civil rights movement. Oh, yeah. it was peaceful nonviolence. Listen, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. believed in political nonviolence, but he also believed in personal self-defense. Yes. Okay, people for, people don't know this. It's been whitewashed from the history, right? Yes. For a reason. Um, and also, 
Southern black families who were armed were integral to the civil rights movement. That mm. has been whitewashed from the narrative. Yes. Right? Back then, the KKK, white supremacists, would run through black communities and do what they wanted until black families started arming themselves yes. and said, nope, we shoot back. We shoot too. We yep. have guns. Yes. Right? So I think on, on the progressives and liberals, forget that armed struggle is a history, an important part of history of all of our marginalized histories. Yes. Armed struggle has been necessary to defend ourselves against any kind of oppression or oppressor. 100%. We've forgotten that. Yes. Right? Yes. We've forgotten that. And so that's another part of, of what I'm trying to do is remind folks, right? right. We, we can defend ourselves too. Absolutely. We're just not here for easy pickings. You're just going to come and bully us and oppress us and we're just not going to do anything about it. Just going to lay over and die. Yeah. No. We're going to def... We... Somebody, I think it was liberal, oh, it was a liberal gun group, and there was a quote, and the guy says, you know what, this is for the, for me as a liberal gun owner, this is a form of self-care, mm -hmm. because I'm willing to defend my family and anyone I care about, my community, it's a form of self-care. I care that much about my community that I'm willing to defend them. Yes. You know, if and when necessary. 100%, 100% agree. Well, we're actually coming to the end of our time, I, I want to talk about um, what happens on uh, a training when they sign up with LA Progressive uh, Shooters. I plan on taking a, a course. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to get in for the January. I couldn't swing it in mm, uh, okay. December. And then I looked at the calendar and yeah. February and March fall exactly on two of my youngest kids' birthdays, oh, the day. Okay. So okay. I'm planning on coming in April. Okay. And I want to bring my daughter. Yeah. So what can somebody expect when they sign up to take the the first safety course with uh, with you, got it. So I really specialize in just you know making sure that folks who come, especially folks who've never touched a gun before, and I, I specialize in in folks who are apprehensive about it mm -hmm. and nervous. And yeah. so it's like I said before, it's just methodical. I'm very yes. methodical building that confidence, building the confidence. Yeah. So first we go through over the safety, why it's important, all the basic safety rules that you know well, Josh. Right, the four basic safety rules. By the way, I taught this myself. Like a lot of it was common sense, but most of it I just sort of. You would think it's common sense. It's yeah. it's no, written right. on, on the right. on, at the range on the walls. It's yeah. the waiver form that you sign. You know, you agree to abide by these rules. You would think. Yeah. But people don't know what they don't know. That's true. Yes. And you bring it up. Uh, besides that, accidental shooting. Uh, it's not accidental. Let's make sure it's negligent. Yeah. The media always portrays these uh, incidents as it was an accidental shooting. As if no one's at fault. Right. If you didn't know any better about guns, you would just think through these news reports. These guns just go willy-nilly off by themselves. They don't. No, they don't. It took somebody to pick up that gun and break a safety rule. Mm -hmm. So they're not accidental. They're negligent. Well, there was another news story I posted today. A roommate in Houston tried to teach her roommate how to shoot a yes. gun. And handed her the gun. And then that roommate, who has never handled a gun before, pointed and shot that roommate in the face. Oh, my God. Who was trying to teach her. So, you know, there's a lot of folks out who think they can teach, Why would right? you give somebody who's never picked up a gun exactly. a loaded gun? So, first of all, folks, I know there's family and friends that you have that have shot guns before, and they think, you know, good intentioned, mm -hmm. they want to teach you, but really, there's too much at stake. Yeah. Learn from a certified professional, right? right? So, with me as a professional, I make sure safety, why is it important, how easy it is to, when you violate any one of these rules, you put yourself and people around you at risk. So, they have to be safe, first and foremost. Two, I take the guns apart. They, I make sure they understand how it operates. Yeah. So that the, the more they learn that, it's demystified. Yeah. It's not this scary object. Now right. they know how it works. It's a literal tool. It's tool. a literal tool. Yeah. Right? And then again, I make them shoot 22, like, you know, the baby rounds. It's 22 so 22 is so fun to shoot. Yeah. And let's face it, in this ammo shortage, it's cheap for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And so it serves a purpose. I want folk, I want students to be comfortable and build up their confidence. You know, there's other instructors who laughed at me. I said, before, even before the ammo shortage, mm. you know, I purposely spent extra money on these conversion kits for Glocks to shoot 22. And one instructor, mm. he was like, oh, you're wasting your money and time. Just make them shoot nine millimeter. Yeah. And I said, no, every student's different. Their comfort level's different. Yeah. You give them a nine millimeter for the first, who's never touched a gun, and you, that first impression is everything, right? You yes. may just lose them. They may shoot a nine, it scares them, and they think guns aren't for me. And that's not their fault. 
It's the instructor's fault. Yeah. It's your approach. I made that mistake. Yeah. I went, I took my daughter her first time. Yeah. We went to Angeles. We went late. Right. I had 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hurry, hurry, hurry. Let's go, let's go. Her. I rushed her. Yeah. And the first shot, she just felt that kick. Yep. She done. Yeah. It's all it takes. So as an instructor, I don't do that. Yeah. I make sure every student has to be comfortable and I teach at their comfortable pace. And I tell them, this is not a competition. This is not a race. We have plenty of time. I don't watch the clock. Right. We'll, we'll go as long as it takes until you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I care that much. I'm invested that much because I know that if they put their trust in me, they're stepping outside their comfort zone, most of these folks. Yeah. They would have never considered guns until this past year of just you know the new normal, right? Right. It's like, wow, I never thought I'd touch a gun, but I feel like I really need to. Yeah. So if they're going to take that big of a step and a leap for them personally, it behooves me as an instructor to make sure that I don't waste that opportunity. You know, I yes. want them to make that connection to feel that they can do that and like, yes, I can actually operate a gun my first time and feel good about it and feel safe doing it, right? I want them to be that confident. And, you know, it's been amazing. It's been a blessing for me. I mean, I my, I had a small business. It got shut down in the pandemic. Yeah. And just becoming this, becoming a firearm instructor, building this community has been truly a blessing well, for me. You did a lot last year. You went through a lot of training yeah. to become an instructor. Thank you. And I just... I, I feel like I've gotten back as much as I give yeah. because to see the students, just the trans, how nervous they came in to the big grins on their faces when they leave. Yeah. They just cannot believe how fun, like they never thought it would be this fun and they can't wait to do it again and they can't wait to buy their first gun and please Tom, will you help me? What's the next step? And just building a community together and you know, it's not just transactional. Oh, you pay me, right. I teach you, I never see you again. No, right. no. you're still going to be intimidated going to the range by yourself, right? So I want them to come back and just shoot with me for fun, with a community, make new shooting buddies. Yeah, the know? meetups, right? The meetups. Yeah. And have, know that you have a supportive, welcoming community behind you, you know, for your, you know, this is just day one of your journey. And if you want to keep following this path, I'm here for you. Yeah, so good. Wow. Tom, where can the people reach you, uh, your your Instagram handle, the website, where uh, somebody can sign up if they're interested in taking, uh, they don't have to have any experience. They no, can literally just show up. No experience necessary. You don't need to own any guns. Right. The, the lessons are all inclusive. That means bring yourself, bring an open mind, yep. right? And I'm here to provide everything you need. I, your protection, the guns, the ammo, right? Wow. Just show up and I, and I will do the rest for you. Wow. You know, put your trust in me yeah. and- you know, I won't let you down. That's wonderful. Um, oh, and the, what you on the, the web, website? The yeah. website is uh, laprogressiveshooters.com. Uh, my name is Tom Nguyen, again, the founder. Our social media, both uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at, uh, you know, uh, at la.progressive.shooters. And I'll tag, uh, make sure I put the links in the show notes. Yeah. So this will And come it's just out. me. I mean, I'm, I'm the only instructor. Yeah. As of now, the, the official instructor, but I have I've, the community has been great. I've met some great folks. Uh, like uh, we've got some other instructors who've come and joined our community, uh, helping me out. You know, I handle like the day to day and all uh, the website and stuff. And you're and you're constantly honing your skills as well. Absolutely, Today you I, mean, I came straight from training to be all day. You. You're all training day. All day. five in the morning. I woke up. So, yeah, as an instructor, and I'm a new instructor. Let's get it straight, right? Yeah. I got certified in September. I've been teaching for four months. But I've always been teaching in some capacity since my 20s. Mm. I love teaching. Yeah. Right? And because I've always been a, a slow learner, I know what it feels like to be that person struggling, doing something that you never tried before, and you're outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's what makes me passionate about teaching. So, I know what folks have been through. So I love teaching. I love still training. I don't want to get complacent because I know that the more training I do, it only makes me better as a better instructor for folks. And that's what I want to do is always give my best for folks. So good. Tom, thank you once again for coming on and having these important conversations. Um, so glad that I came across your path. Yeah. And, I look uh, forward to having you in my class. Yes. Let's do it. I'll be there. You Me know, and Angelina you, will be you, there. Uh, if your children would like to come as well, yeah. hey, let's do a family uh, lesson, group lesson. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tom, thanks so much, man. Have a great evening. Thank you again for taking time to come on the show. Um, and I'm looking forward to the listeners to understanding uh, this conversation or to have this conversation. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Josh. Thanks, Tom.